hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this here podcast. I am so excited today. I've got a great guest on, but I wanted to thank you guys so much for the momentum lately. We've had a real pickup in downloads and subscribers. It's been cool, and that's a big testament to you. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for just being there for me and helping me along my journey. This is a dream of mine, and this is something that I've always wanted to do, and I'm having a ball doing it. Thank you so much. Today, let me talk to you for a second about my guest. Let me do a quick intro. His name is Mike Becker. For those of you who don't know Mike Becker, Mike Becker is the executive vice president and CEO of the Professional Insurance Agents. That is the National Professional Insurance Agents. That is an association built for agents. And uh, my wife is an affiliate here in Arkansas. They also have 38 other affiliates. So this man is busy and he's also very involved in legislative work. And he's also involved in coming up with some great ideas, some, you know, partnering up with great companies to help you, the independent agent. So check it out. Sit back, relax. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Mike Becker. Hey, Mike Becker, how you doing, my man? I am doing well. Glad to be talking with you today. That's awesome. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, and it takes a while to get in touch with you. Uh, so I'm glad to finally be able to see you and talk to you. The long-awaited uh, conversation with the mayor, man. I've been, I can't <laughs> tell you how long I've been anticipating this. That's awesome. So let's just dive right into it. Um, my audience loves to walk down memory lane with the guests, so why don't you do that for me? Go back as far as you want to and lead me forward. So where you're at now, what's going on? You got it. So I am a, uh, I'm a DC native. I was born and raised in really? the Washington DC area. I never, never got out of town. A lot of people do. And I never made it out of town. Uh, but you know what? Uh, you actually, long before insurance, uh, what I really wanted to do in life was actually fly airplanes. So I was flying airplanes before I was driving cars in, in high school, actually. And uh, like, are we talking crop dusters? Or are we talking like military planes? Like, what are we talking about? No, here? like little uh, little Cessnas, 152, 172, 182, kind of the single engine propeller planes with with fixed gear. Uh, oh, that's they're cool. Kind of, they're they're tough to fly, and it's tough to learn to fly in the DC area because there's so much restricted airspace. And uh, but my folks, I was the fifth kid, and they you know said you got to figured out college and I went and being in the DC area, uh, you're always around politics, you know, our, our local news is, is national news a lot of the times. Uh, so I got a degree in government and international politics and I really pursued that. The flying thing is, I'll tell you what, that is an expensive hobby, especially for a broke guy out of college. Uh, so I pursued the, the political route, uh, spent a little bit of time working on Capitol Hill, which was uh, worked for a member of Congress from Texas, which is a great experience, except you're beholden to the voters. And uh, when when they do not get reelected, you are out of a job, which is what happened to me. And, and uh, yeah, but stayed on that course and went over and uh, started lobbying, working in government relations and, and worked for the pharmaceutical industry for a couple of years doing uh, representing. Uh, some of their interests on Capitol Hill in Washington. And then it's, uh, it blows my mind to say this because almost 15 years ago, I went over to PIA, but went over as a uh, government relations professional and represented uh, independent agent interest on Capitol Hill uh, for a number of years uh, before becoming the CEO of the national organization. So you currently reside as the CEO 
of the National PIA in Washington. That's exactly right. And so what does that mean exactly? Does that mean you oversee all the other states or does that mean you oversee the governmental affairs things or tell the audience what that means exactly? So uh, PIA has been around since 1931, serving the interests of independent agents. And we uh, represent agents on a local or regional level across the country. So just like there's a PIA Arkansas, we have 30 state or regional affiliates around the country. But we have members, independent agent members in all 50 states, uh, Puerto Rico and, and even Guam. And what we do is we really work in tandem with our state affiliates. So on a local level, our states really excel at, at what is more difficult for us to do out of Washington. So it's a, a you know, a lot of education and conferences and conventions and in-person events. Uh, and then what we do out of Washington is we do um, some communications, uh, like news reporting on the, the industry. We do a lot of advocacy work representing independent agents in front of legislature uh, and regulators at the national level. And then what we'll also do is put together uh, programs and services, member benefits that may be promoted more at the local level or out of the national level. Uh, that really okay. independent agents. Well, I can tell you, and people that know the mayor know, I go way back with the PIA. Uh, served on the board here locally for a dozen years. Uh, my dad worked for the PIA. My family's just been entrenched in PIA forever. I've actually been to Washington. I've met with you in Orlando, uh, different right. things. So I'm a huge fan. I know the history of what's going on and what's been down there, and I'm wanting to learn more today with you. However, um, you know, for those that, that don't know what's going on and what the past and what's going on in the future, you know, why don't you do me a favor and tell me, because there's a lot of changes going on to PA, um, nationally and locally, and I have to attribute some of that to you. Uh, can you can you play uh, play that card and take take credit for some of that and maybe tell us what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, as far as credit goes, it's a, there's a lot of people in, involved in moving this organization, and one of the great things is that it, it is – you know, it's 90 years old. Um, so we have a lot of experience within this organization. However, you know, people have heard me say, and I'll probably say it to you later today, you know, on this podcast that, you know, we talk about independent agents and really evolving agency and adopting technology and changing agencies. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not your dad's agency anymore. And that's the same for PIA. It's not your dad's PIA anymore, right? Uh, is, is that we're just, it's not, it's, we're just trying to build on our strengths and move this organization forward to operate uh, for tomorrow's agent, uh, which looks different than yesterday's agent, right? Uh, it's just a different world in which we operate. It's a different client base and customer base that, with different sets of expectations that we're trying to meet. So whether we're talking about you know, serving a PIA member or a member serving their customer, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to move this organization forward and, and in some regards break the mold and uh, really be you know driven by the passion of our members and not by the you know the historical element of the organization. We definitely want to you know preserve the history and learn from it and grow on that and and and. Uh, but it's important that we are just as we challenge our members to to change and evolve. It's important that we do it ourselves and. Uh, that's what we're trying to do, to be a better, stronger organization, just to provide better, stronger value to our members across the country. When you say break the mold, what is that mold that you're wanting to break, if you don't mind me asking? You know, I think it, it depends on what you look, how you look at it. But for me, looking at, you know, say the organization, there's, uh, there's certain things that you do. And I think this is true for most groups or organizations or businesses. It's, you know, if you ask me, why do you do that? I do. The last thing I want to say to you is, well, we've always done it that way, right? It's kind of a proverbial statement out there. And you ask me why, why we do some, I want to, I want to really tell you with, with a lot of passion why we do it. You know, there's, um, I don't know if you've ever read anything by Simon Sinek, but he's got this book called Start With Why. 
and I. Oh man, I, I'm I, a huge Simon Sinek fan. I love the Infinite awesome Game. Game. The Infinite yes. Game. I just got the reading actually for the second time. Phenomenal. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Go ahead. All right. So he's got this book, and he's uh, start with why, and and I believe there's a lot of relevance to not only PIA as an organization, but it's a lot of relevance to independent agents. And if you ask people, you know, you go, let's, let's talk about independent agents. You go to an independent agent, you say, Hey, you're at work every day. What do you do? That's a common question. What do you do? Right. And you're going to get, uh, you know, kind of a, this is what I do. This is, I do this. I sell insurance. I go to work in the morning, you know, and sometimes, you know, as you get into that, you might say, how do you do it? Well, we you know, have relationships with carriers. I think the, the awesome question to ask somebody is, hey, Heath, why do you do it, right? Because that's where you're going to get the passion out of somebody. The why is why we get out of bed in the morning. It's why we go to work. It's why we serve our customers. Why are we passionate about this? And it's the why is what helps you create and live your agency culture. And I think that's actually a real you know, strong suit of agents, by the way, if you put you know, five agents up and you, you ask them all individually, hey, why do you do this? Why do you own a business? Why are you, a, why are you an agent? You're likely going to get five different answers. But I can tell you this, they'll all have a lot of passion in it. They're, they're all going to be you know, excited to tell you why they do what, what they do. And, and that's true for me too, running uh, an association for agents is, you know, I like to be asked, why do I do what I do? And uh, the number one answer, by the way, is why do I do this? Um, is because of the people. I love the people in this industry. It's some of the most you know, rewarding uh, you know, groups of people that I've ever been around, that I've ever met, I've ever, ever had the opportunity to work with and, and, and to serve. And that's what motivates me to move the organization forward and to work with the, the incredible team at PIA at the, at the state and the national level is, is that we owe it to, to our members, those independent agents across the country to evolve this organization and, and to not say, well, this is this organization, they've, they've had this tradition, they've done it this way for a long time. It's to, to break that mold to say, we're going to be driven by our why. We're going to be driven by our passion to move these agents forward, to help them be more successful, to increase their stake in the market. And that's our why. And that's what we want to be doing every day. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I've said it, I don't know how many times they've been on this podcast that the people and the relationships in this business are what drives it. And that's insurance will always be, in my opinion, a relationship business, no matter what happens. And people have been saying as long as I've been in the business, almost 20 years, that, you know, it's going to be taken over by technology. It's going to be taken over by this or that. But I still always believe there will be a relationship, whether it's between the carrier and the agent or the agent and the public. Somehow, I believe there's always going to be that relationship. And uh, I love that you said that. Do you have anything to add? Do you agree with that? Or is that something that you're seeing a change in? We. You know, I think with, with the, the why and the passion, that I, I mentioned is a strength of this channel. It's because I really firmly believe that when you talk to a lot of agents, and I do, is they all have their why and it's a personal story. It's a, you know, I'm a third generation uh, agency owner or I lived through this experience. I saw firsthand how insurance saved this situation. You know, so everyone's got, got a lot of passion. I think that's a huge strength. One area that I do think we could see some improvement in as an industry and particularly as a channel is actually our how, right? Because you take those five agents and you say, what is your why? You're going to have five different answers. You're probably going to get five different hows too. Now you don't want cookie cutter agents out there, right? But as, as a channel, we'd owe it to each other to make sure that, you know, we're operating, um, you know, in, in a real forward thinking way to make sure that as a channel, we're meeting the needs and we're meeting the expectations of today's customer because those needs and expectations today, 
they aren't what they were five or 10 or 20 years ago. So that, that is something that I, that, you know, it's important to me. It's important to the organization that we help agents, uh, you know, really improve their how, they improve the process, make sure that they're more profitable, that they're, they're more efficient, that they're using tools and technology to, to, you know, update or modify their agency workflows to make sure that, you know, their how is not, you know, the 1995 how or the 2000 how, it's the 2020 to 2025 how to make sure that, hey, you're being, you are being as responsive, uh, you know, and, and meeting those needs or exceeding those needs and expectations of your customer. That's how you can be successful. So the why I think is a huge thing that we do really well in this industry, but that the how is, is, I think, something that we need to continue to, to improve and make sure that we're pushing that forward. And going into that how that you call it, I, I've noticed as I've paid attention to the national PIA, their you know, podcast or not podcast, but YouTube channel you've got going or you've got different videos you put out or just the content you put on your website and Facebook pages. There's a lot of ways y'all are helping with that how with different programs, with different technology. You've partnered up with some really cool companies to put that together, that how. Uh, I would love for you to dive into maybe some of that, maybe just high level touch on some of that. I don't want to make a commercial for PIA, but at the same time, I've got the man from PIA on here. I would love for you to discuss some of that, how you're helping with that how. You know, one thing I think is important to note with the how, right, is I, I, I get that question or a variation of that question a lot is, is, you know, agents might say, okay, I, I, I know I need to, you know, maybe be more, you know, digitally adept, right? I know I need to adopt more technology or I know there, I know there's lots of tools out there. I'm interested. I want them. Where do I start? Right. These are barriers, right? There's so many barriers out there. Where do I start? What's it cost? Uh, what's going to be right for me? There's unfortunately there's, we aren't short of stories of agents telling you, look, I was you know, sold this product and it never did what it was supposed to do. And that these are all barriers. I, um, but what I would tell, you know, you know, one independent agent about really adopting change and technology in their agency is not necessarily the same thing I tell the next independent agent, right? Cause it's, it's, it's personal and you have to understand when you, you know, when you look at the how, you have to understand your, your client base and your community and what your book look like and where are your areas of opportunity. Um, but I think that one of the, the biggest barriers that agents often encounter, it's not the unknown cost. It's not the, do I have the wherewithal or the staffing to implement change and, and technology or how into my agency. The number one cost is if I do that, will that affect the relationships with my insurers? And, and you know, you just said it a few minutes ago, right? That's key. And I agree with you hundred percent of what you just said. That relationship is so key and I don't see that going away either. And there was, you know, another barrier out there is, you know, agents, I've heard say, well, I don't, you know, you, you talk about being a technology driven agency. I don't, I'm a retail shop. I'm fourth generation. I don't want to, sh you know, shut my doors and go online. Well, that's not what anyone's saying. It's, there's so many tools out there, right? Make sure that your toolbox is overflowing with these tools. Um, but there is a perceived threat of if, if we make too much change, or if we use too many tools, do we damage that relationship? And the, the real issue is how do you utilize these available tools to you in a meaningful way that's going to help you further develop and strengthen that relationship and not weaken it. But, you know, perceived threats are just that. They're perceptions, right? Perceived threats, they often lead to opportunities, though. And that's, that is the barrier and that's the hurdle to often get over is to recognize the opportunity and how can you not risk damaging the relationship, but how can you 
deep in it. Yeah. And I, I love that. And that you want to be that catalyst for change and that you want to help these agents in that area. And you mentioned the tools and the toolbox. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I know from what I've seen out there, you've got some even new tools in the last couple of years you've introduced. Um, why don't you, uh, can you talk me a little bit about some of those tools that you've got and some of your favorite ones maybe that you, that you think agents should be using if they're not and something they can help propel them to that new guard or that new change? You know, I'll, I'm going to tell you one that I think is we've had and it's, and I think it's needed and it's, but it's not only is it need, it's really timely right now, you know, as agents are trying to refill their pipeline and get back out there, but it's, uh, it's really kind of building on, you know, a, a tried and tested marketing method and how can you convert this to a 2020 marketing method and that's a postcard mailer so we have this campaign and it's it's super easy to use from an agent standpoint you log on to the pi website and you know click through to who you are and where you live right and we have postcard mailers now these are nothing new right people have been using postcard mailers now this is all available online super easy to use but what's cool about it is we're using technology to make sure that if you're going to send a postcard, it's a really effective use of time and money. So to make this easy, you can design your own postcard template, um, a postcard design. But we have a ton of you know, templates up there, a handful of them that you can select and customize for your agency with graphics. And you just put your local agency name in here. But here's what's different. Instead of just printing a postcard, 5,000 postcards and sending them out you know, um, in your community, you can actually use our, our platform to select some key demographics. If you want to target uh, home owners, not renters or apartment renters, but you, you know, single family home owners that make more than $90,000, you can select all these demographics. And our platform, it's through the Everyday Direct Mail campaign, will actually sort out the down to the postal route in your community and say, these three postal routes or five or what have you, um, have the most recipients that meet your criteria of those demographics that you selected. And then uh, you can just hit send and we will, uh, you know, print the postcard and we will mail it for you. But, you know, so that's pretty cool that we're using the technology available to, to uh, make that happen. But here's the really cool part of it is if you want, you can add geofencing to it, right? So geofencing is a tool that enables this uh, software platform that we have to take those postcard recipients, identify their IP address. It's almost scary, right? So let's be real about this. For those that are working at home, you know, the highlight of their day might be going to check their mailbox, but you look at your mail, you might see some sort of marketing postcard. Well, that's a, you're going to hit them from a branding perspective. They're going to see your agency name and logo, but we're, we're being real honest about this. It's going to go in the trash can. That's what I do. I have a trash can in my garage and I look at the mail that come with the driveway and it goes away. But with geofencing technology through our, our marketing tool, you know, you go in that house, we know that IP address. So we actually will convert automatically that postcard to a digital ad. So as the, that recipient gets on their iPhone, gets on their computer, gets on their iPad, they're going to see that same postcard ad converted to a digital ad uh, on their electronic devices. So now you're able to hit them multiple times. So it's really cool way to uh, hit these people locally in your community. So it's a direct mail on steroids. That's exactly, it's, it's a modern tool, right? If you tell people, you know, we got this postcard campaign that, that is kind of a, oh, geez, we've seen those for, for you know, years right. and years and years. But this is saying, look, you've seen it for so many years because it was effective. Here's how to make this super effective using technology and data behind it. And then I would imagine the agents could also take that postcard graphic and use it on their social media channels on top of Absolutely. the geofencing. 
So they've got multiple avenues that could get that out there in front of whoever. You can. And if you don't have, this is one thing that we really, you know, preach to people. We've had some agents say, that is, seems intensive and I don't have the wherewithal. Well, that's what we're for. This is an online tool. And some of the, the most common feedback we get from agents that have used it is that was really easy. It was click, click, I selected the option and it's, and it's done. But for an agency that says, well, gosh, you know, I have a little bit more wherewithal. I have somebody that does marketing. We already have a brand campaign and so forth. Great. We'll take that brand campaign and put on a postcard too. So it's just a way to extend that out. But as agents are right now, you know, they're always looking to, you know, keep that pipeline filled. But right now, maybe refill the pipeline. Uh, that's, you know, a great tool to be able to do that. And that is absolutely correct. And direct mail, in my opinion, and from what I hear, I work with agents on a day-to-day basis. There's agents still using direct mail and very effective at it. And they're still creating revenue and generating business through that. But now you're taking that to another level. And now you're taking that even further and you're allowing the opportunity to use, as you said, geofencing, social media channels, things like that. Hey, by the way, I'll sweeten the pot for you. Given the unfortunate situation with the the COVID pandemic, uh, we've had, we've, as an organization of PI, have been really lucky to have pretty um, significant financial support from carriers. And what we've done as an organization is said, we're going to turn that financial support around and we want to distribute it as best we can uh, to agents, to our PI members in a meaningful way. So one of the things that we've done is that campaign that I just told you about, that postcard campaign with the geofencing technology. If you use that campaign, uh, there's a cost component to it, of course. Um, we try and keep it as minimal as possible. But right now, if you're using it, we're going to send you a $250 check after you use it uh, to help you reimburse you for uh, some or all of your costs, depending on the size of your campaign. So you'll get a, a $250 check to get out to you know whatever PI member agency you are to, and, and it's really, it's what we have an organization has done in partnership with some financial support from carriers to make sure that we're doing our part to help agents uh, really come out of this pandemic, you know, stronger or as best they can. Um, and so really great tool. If, if you're a member of PIA, there's no excuse of why you shouldn't use this because like you said, we're giving some money to help you with the cost. And if you're not a member of PIA, you're going to get value immediately out of your membership by joining and paying whatever the fee is, then you're going to get money back right off the bat. And then that's well, going to generate revenue. Well, and I'll tell you this. I told you I'd sweeten the pot. I'll sweeten the sweetened pot, which is... Wait, 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 wait. It's going to get even better? It's going to get even better. <laughs> but, and this is... what By the way, this is a differentiator for PIA. We live and breathe our independent agent members. And, and we, you know, we saw this as a great opportunity for us to showcase what we can do to help independent agents recover. So we saw the success of this campaign that we had this postcard campaign with the geofencing, it's digital ads. It's a great way to get back out there and we can double down and and write $250 checks to members that participate in this. We have other business building tools. We have, uh, as an example, we have something called agency journey mapping. That's a perpetuation planning seminar that used to travel the country. Well, we aren't doing the in-person ones right now. So we have it on demand. Uh, you can watch it from the comfort of your desk. It's a great resource to watch a series of videos on how to uh, put together a perpetuation plan, whether it's, you know, you want to perpetuate internally or have an external sale, anything in between. We also have access to a consultant, uh, a endless written resources. Uh, there's, it, it costs $99. We also have uh, behavior assessments, uh, a partnership with Omnia. So if you're hiring right now, there's record unemployment. We're seeing some, some businesses start to hire. 
We have tools to help you with behavior assessments as part of your interview process. We just rolled out, rolled out a brand new campaign. It's called Winning at Talent. It's a three-part campaign on how to ensure uh, that your agency is ready to hire from a culture standpoint, what's your technology is, are you a desirable employer? What do you need to work on? Step two is actually uh, bringing on and interviewing and onboarding new personnel. And step three is you want to retain these employees. So, so there's a uh, really kind of development tools built into this winning at talent platform. But and, and as part of this, there's a really robust hiring platform that we have that'll help you not only create job descriptions, it'll you know click, click, click. It's all cloud-based. It'll post the job description for you. Um, and if you use any of these business building services, by the way, we will give you another $250 check. So for, for not, yeah, I really want to talk about why I love independent agents and what we're doing for independent agents and, and not focus this on, you know, a, a, a membership sale for PIA, though they go hand in hand because we, we love our members. But if you are not a member right now, you can join and use some of these tools and we'll send you $500. By the way, if you are a member, we hope you're already doing that. You can go to PIANet.com slash agent support, by the way, but I know Stacy down in Arkansas uh, has the information and would love to love to help you with that as well. But we have, we have these funds available and they're designed strictly to help independent agents for, uh, recover and rebuild following this pandemic or other crises. And uh, they're, they're there for you. And we want to make sure that we get them in the, the hands of our, this funds in the hands of our members. Oh yeah. And so you, you say you want to talk about the, the love you have for independent agents and you know what the PA or is this what Mike Becker, however you want to look at it. Tell me then, um, Tell me your, your love for the independent agents and how you feel about your passion for that. I can already hear it in your voice. They can hear it in your voice. But uh, tell me. You know, first off, the independent agents that I know, and I know I've had the incredible opportunity to travel this country and meet so many of them. Uh, something that makes independent agents different is they are just inherently givers, right? They want to just take care of their customers. They want to give back to their community. And for me, you know, I'm not an independent agent, right? I work for the association, uh, but it's it's rewarding for me, you know, personally gratifying for me just to be around a group of independent agents. And when I travel around and spend some time in agencies, uh, inevitably, you know, we'll, we'll have some one-on-one -on -one time with the agent, but inevitably throughout that day, a customer's coming in or, or, you know, it was out in the Midwest one time, we had to go deliver a policy. And it's amazing to see the connection that a lot of independent agents have with their community. I mean, you see more hugs than handshakes, right? You see it's all over agency names, all over the town banners and the little league teams. And I know it sounds cliche or it's kind of the proverbial comments that are made about independent agents, but they're repeated and they're said because it's true. And uh, that's just a rewarding group of people to be around. And for me to have the opportunity to get out of bed in the morning and say, that's who I get to work for. And that's who I get to, you know, try and improve the lives of those people that are doing such amazing good in their communities uh, is really awesome. And I love that opportunity. And, uh, you know, when I went to PIA almost 15 years ago, I could hardly you know, spell insurance, right? It was, I, I, to be real honest with you, I kind of applied for that lobbying, John, almost, almost on a, on a whim. And uh, it's been the best thing that that's happened to me professionally. And uh, that's, what's kept me here, you know, in fact, I'll tell you, you know, quick story. When I started at PA, my old supervisor at the time uh, told me something and she said, you know, working here, she said, there's going to be similar similarities to other jobs. And she said, you're going to have really good days. And she said, you are going to have bad days, right? That's inherent with the job that happens. And she said, here's the difference with PIA. 
She said, when you have a bad day and you're frustrated and you're sitting at your desk, she said, this is what you do. And it was the best, some of the best advice I've ever been given. She said, push your seat back from your desk or go on a walk. And she said, think of our members. And it's true. When I have bad days and I get hung up in the weeds or I get frustrated and want to hit my head against the water, I, I just think of some of the amazing times and amazing people that I get to spend uh, my days with, you know, not only professionally throughout the PI national organization and state-based organizations, but our members are, are just top-notch. And uh, that's, you know, personally gratifying to me and rewarding to me to, to be able to spend my time and, and try to improve their lives. And so, and I love that uh, because it's uh, something that's needed out of an association exec because uh, you could not care <laughs> and it could be something that, you know, it's one of those things that it's just a job for you, but I don't feel that way. And it's definitely noticed, you know, uh, as people know, my wife works for PIA and she can already tell a huge difference since you've come on board and the way you care, not only about your the independent agents, but also the affiliates that, that work. Uh, for the PIA. Now, talk, back to the independent agents for a minute. Do you, okay, as you mentioned earlier with the, the baseball teams and the community involvement and sponsorship yeah. and you see names everywhere, the, let's, let's, let's look out five years from now. Do you think that that changes at all? I know we've already talked about and established, we both agree the relationship still needs to be there. But looking out five, maybe even 10 years, is it still going to look that way to you? Do you feel like that's still something that we're going to be looking at? are looking like I if, if the question is you know our age is still going to be important to their communities and still have the relationship yes I 100% believe that they're still going to be rooting you know for their local little d teams and be sponsoring the you know fourth of July parades I do um I think it could look different right I think you're still going to do those things but I think there's you know could be more online presence you know we've seen um you know if you go back a number of years you know a smaller percentage of agencies had websites now you know you know it's it's two thirds or seventy five percent have websites uh, which is a huge jump by the way it's been in the single digits until recently of agencies that have websites that said my website is excellent or it's perfect it's wonderful most that I have them and they're it's just okay we're seeing more presence on social media you know uh, of agencies that have social media presence, about half of them are saying we're getting leads from our social media. So I think the opportunity to engage with prospects, engage with your community might look different. I think it already looks different than it did five years ago or 10 years ago, and that's going to continue to happen. Uh, but yeah, you know, how you do it is, is might change, but there's, you know, I, I do believe that agents will still be focused on that relationship. I believe they still should be focused on that relationship, be part of the community. Uh, and, you know, agents are really an incredibly resilient group of people. Every couple of years, it seems we see some study out that here's the demise, here's the end of the independent agent. And, and every single one of those has fallen flat on its face, right? The agents that, you know, are evolving and keeping up, and that's a lot of agents, that's the most of the agents I think are doing, are, that's the most resilient force uh, we have. We want to make sure that every agent out there has the opportunity to have the tools and resources available to keep up with the changing needs of, of their customer base to, to make sure that they can continue to support that little league team. You know, you and I both know uh, 15, 20 years further back, this industry has always been quote pale, male and stale. And we've had yeah. the, that stigmatism or that, that look of we're old, you know, there's not a lot of young people, but I've noticed a younger movement coming in and I've noticed there's more younger principals, more younger agents, and I feel like uh, that's something, maybe it's just Arkansas. That's something you're seeing across the country too. We are seeing a lot of that. And you know, one of the things we've, we have also seen is, is startups. And in, 
for yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the past number of years, you know, we weren't talking about startups. What were we talking about? We're talking about mergers and acquisitions, and that's still a topic to be discussed in, in today's world. Uh, but one of the things that we've seen as an outcome of, of the M&A activity, first off, the M&A activity that we've seen, it's, you know, there's this perception that it's all, you know, private equity funding coming in, coming in and, and it's not. There's a lot of retail to retail transactions going on. But the one of the end results of the M&A transactions are startups. And I think one of the reasons we've seen that is because you have folks that maybe weren't ready to retire, but they saw the uh, the financial opportunity to sell in their book and they were maybe young enough to, to you know restart their agency or take part of their book. Uh, so we, ha- we have seen a lot of startups. But I, I too would agree that we've seen um, some younger agents and agency principals that are of younger generations. And part of that, I think maybe maybe is, I don't need data su- to support this. You're getting just my opinion on this is that, you know, for many years, we're talking about the average age of the agents of the agent principal, and they got it older. And part of that may have just been a natural cycle that that large group we were always talking about did retire. And inherently, the, the replacements, if you will, were, were younger. Uh, and that's one of the things that as we, you know, continue to see a younger agent force, that's something that's important to me to make sure that those agents see the value of an association. And that's, we want to show our value to the association uh, of the association to those agents. And, and it's a, it's a two way street, right? Because we are working to better understand what their expectations are of an association and what they need and how we can better serve them. But at the same time, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's, we, we want to get in front of them and make sure that they feel that they have an opportunity that, you know, associations for many years, I think, you know, not just insurance, but in general, it's, you know, if you wanted to get into the leadership of an association, well, that's a 25 year process. You got to start local, then you got to go to your state. That's a five year deal. Then it's the, you know, and we want to make sure, uh, you know, we want to, of course, our leadership to be experienced on one hand, but we want to make sure that we are representative of all of the members out there, uh, no matter what they look like or their backgrounds or their ages. And we want to make sure that they have an opportunity to engage with the organization and drive change and drive us forward and be part of it. So, uh, you, you said to me recently, I asked you a question, uh, pre on a previous conversation, you said, well, that's a, it's a long answer to a short question and I'll return the favor. That's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just wonder, you know, and again, I, I'm more picking your brain on some things, uh, whether it turns out to be a good podcast or not, who knows? But, um, as far as going back to the young people and going back to finally, our industry is, is getting up to date with some technology and there's a lot of, there's a big push right now for data and owning your own data and getting involved in that platform. Do you think that insurance is becoming a little more sexy? It is. We got a lot of tools available to us, right? The, the sexiest thing about it for me is the opportunity. There's so much opportunity in this industry, right? And now we have really cool tools, data, uh, data's king right now. And the thing with data is it's absolutely 100% useless if you don't use it or if it's not hygiene, right? And I was talking to a data guy yesterday, actually, and he was estimating that in some of these businesses, 80% of available data, you know, to a business is not used. And if you, if you look and we'll look at, you know, as an agency, uh, as an example, if you looked at, go to a principal and say, show me the, the data, right? The quote unquote data that you have, well, they're going to run some reports from their agency management system. But the reality is they may not likely be capturing the data from email traffic, from social media traffic, from phone calls. And in some cases they are but they're siloed, right? It's you have your, your, 
whatever ma email system you're using that's maybe separate from your AMS, which is separate from your social media platforms and you're putting them on top. So th those are the, some of the things that also excite me too, just in general, that look at all the tools we have. Look at all, so much learning we can do uh, to better serve our client base. And these are all new tools. And, you know, when we, we, we were briefly talking earlier about kind of technology in an agency and what does that mean? Does that mean you're shutting down your retail agency and going online? No, but these are real tools. And if you use the data and the tools, the available tools out there to better understand your insurers or your prospects, that will help you deepen that relationship. It will not help you turn it to a, a dot-com relationship or, or terminate, terminate uh, the relationship. So yeah, I think it's really, it is, it is super exciting time to be part of this industry. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I think that uh, you're right. Data is king. And I think the more that agents can figure that out and not be so scared of it, I think that uh, it's going to drive us into a better place as an industry. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, with so many young people coming in, I want to, I'm going to lead you to a, a place I want you to go on purpose. So forgive me, I'm going to do another quick commercial because I feel like with so many young people in the industry now, uh, some of the old school techniques are still relevant. The new techniques of how to sell are relevant. And I feel like uh, a good a good thing that I went through and I'm going through it again now is the certified professional insurance agent yeah. class, which you guys put that on through the Ames Society, which... Uh, is a phenomenal group of people and Donna's phenomenal over there. And I went through a class yesterday and I just got through with it again as a second time around. And I learned so many things yesterday from the CPIA class. You got it. So CPIA is a designation. It's a designation program and it's uh, managed by a group, as you mentioned, uh, the AIMS Society. And the, that group, their focus um, is really sales training and uh, that's something that's key, right, to have in this agent uh, in this industry to make sure that uh, our selling CSRs have the tools and the knowledge and the education, and as do our producers to to sell. So there's a CPIA program. It's a designation. It's some classes you would take to to earn that designation. And uh, uh, not to speak uh, for for Ames, but they have uh, really kind of sponsors or partners throughout the country that vary in e in each state. And in many states, like Arkansas, the sponsor is PIA. So you can uh, attend these classes. There's different ways. I know there's an online version right now, given the pandemic. But there's some in-person classes when the when 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 appropriate and, and safe uh, to get this de designation. But what, but it's different from some of the other education or CE out there, um, other you know companies that are providing education because this has real kind of practical sales tools and tactics to separate uh, itself. And if you haven't taken the CPIA, I definitely recommend you look at it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great program. I haven't met anyone that hasn't enjoyed that program. And it's a, it's a great group of people. It's, it's another organization that, uh, you know, like PIA is for agents by agents. So they have a board too. And I know most of those agents on that board and they're just as passionate for their peer agents uh, as the, as the next agent out there. So it's a great group. And if you're in Arkansas, I know PIA of Arkansas has that program. So uh, in addition to many other PIA states, so make sure you're taking a look at it. Yeah, for sure. And um, some of those board members that you have on there, you've mentioned one of them I've had on my podcast, Ariel Rivera, and then another one that I know well, and some of you know from listening to his podcast, is Bradley Flowers. And two of those guys, they are, in my opinion, a, a cut above as far as marketing, as far as sales go. And then I know there's other board members on there that are the same way. And so 
um, to have that kind of partnership is phenomenal. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people don't recognize the PIA does uh, is to focus on helping you to sell more policies or to get more training in that avenue. Uh, and so I just wanted you to take a second to have that small commercial for me um, because I am a fan and I do love it. So thank you for that. You got it. Um, the other thing I do, uh, I do wanted to lead you towards because I do think it's important and again, it's not sexy to me, but it may be to somebody listening, especially right now it's an election year. So there's a lot going on you know, politically, and I don't want to get into politics. But legislatively, PIA is very active and involved in Washington, D.C. In fact, that's right. right. You know, your office is right up in that area. You probably have a lot of involvement up on, you know, in that area. Tell me, can you give us an idea of a few things that are going on, how you're fighting for the independent agent? What's some of the wins you've had over the last couple of years that we might recognize that you've had a part in or the PIA has had a part in? Sure. The thing with legislation is um, the, the reality of it is you could be written out of business with one stroke of the pen. And I don't know if that's always recognized. But what I can tell you for PIA members is we have a team up here that is devoted to legislative and regulatory changes and advocacy full-time. That's all they do. And that's, and that's my background. So it's something I am passionate about. Um, our legislative strategy is pretty simple is we focus 100% of our time and energy in our legislative and regulatory positions on what's best for the independent agent. We don't get sidetracked on where others in the industry may fall. We want to be a team player and collaborative, of course, but, uh, you know, other organizations and, and industries and, and whatnot may not be looking out for the best interest of an independent agent. And that's what we live and breathe uh, for. So the, I'll, I'll give you some real specific examples real quick. You know, in, in, in the years past, you know, we look at federal programs uh, that are insurance na in nature, for example, the National Flood Insurance Program. Well, that's a program, uh, which by the way, if you are an NFIP agent, we have a relationship uh, with a carrier that gives you, um, in general terms, you know, significant compensation. So we, we would want to make sure we're looking at that if you're if you're selling flood insurance, but there have been legislative attempts to cut agent compensation and the program and other and, you know, groups in this industry have actually negotiated and said, yeah, we are okay with that. I think we were in that specific example, we're the only one that said we are absolutely dead set opposed to this. We will not support any sort of program that's going to cut agent compensation. And that's the sort of advocacy you have gotten out of us and you will continue to get out of us, whether it's crop insurance and the federal, uh, Crop insurance program, the Farm Bill, the uh, Risk Management Agency. These are all the you know programs that we advocate for you on. Most recently, obviously, the past you know several months, and this has been an ongoing, and I think it will be an ongoing issue, is with the COVID pandemic. Some of the bills that you've seen come out of Washington, the Families First Act, the CARES Act. Uh, these are programs that we have supported, and we've supported the uh, provisions in them that could provide additional funding to businesses like independent agencies. We're seeing. Uh, you know, we've had we've been real vocal on some of the uh, uh, claims, if you will, that business interruption ins uh, insurance should be uh, you know applicable to this pandemic and the effects that would have on on the industry. And as a as a result of that, by the way, we propose and are working with members of Congress to uh, evaluate future pandemic related insurance programs. And I've been at the kind of at the drawing table there, mapping up uh, future programs that agents would have a role in. Uh, should they desire. And we're looking at, uh, you know, rec a recovery fund solution right now, which all businesses would be eligible for to take burden and pressure off of the, off of the industry. 
but provide businesses with additional funding moving forward since the pandemic's not over. So uh, we will we have no short a, a list of items to to work on, but as complicated as some of these get, uh, legislatively speaking, every single issue we can quickly point to. This is the impact on the independent agent, and this is why our position is is what it is. Um, one quick thing, Heath, if you're interested in the legislative side of things, we have a blog or our advocacy team has a blog. It's piaadvocacy.com. Uh, it's really cool. You can It's keyword search, any topic that you want. You can see all the blog posts related to it. Um, it's not a nine to five blog. Sometimes it's updated at midnight, sometimes at 7 a.m. That team is so committed to uh, the the legislative process on behalf of independent agents. And if you go to piaadvocacy.com, right on the right-hand side of the screen, you can put your email in and subscribe to it. And you'll be the first to know anytime there's a blog update, you'll you'll get an email about it. So if you're interested in that side of things, I definitely definitely recommend you do that. Our national director here in Arkansas is going to be the incoming president of the national PIA. His name is Wayne White, and who is a hell of a lobbyist and does a great job. Um, In fact, I've been to Washington with him, and the legislators look for him. Uh, It's funny. It's wild to me. Like little guy from Conway, you know, Wayne White, and he's being asked for by name by some of these people. Have you have you noticed? Have you been there with him, Wayne? For, yeah, you're right. For being from a guy from Conway, he is an institution in Washington. It's crazy, uh, right? It is, and and you're right. By the way, he's you know uh, Conway, Arkansas. So he's your national director. So that means he had served many years on the PI Arkansas board, but he's now he then served on the national board and went into uh, our executive committee. We call which uh, so on October first of. 2020, uh, he will be president of the National Association of Professional Insurance Agents. So I, I, I would imagine many of your listeners already know who Wayne is because he's uh, a force to be reckoned with. But uh, he, he is a great guy who has uh, also has your interest at heart. Yeah, that's totally true. And if he's listening, I hope his head doesn't get too big on this. But the guy's got to be like 105 going on 35. I mean, he's got so much energy. And he's so, you know, wanting to be involved and wanting to help. And he's always plugging away to help not only the independent agents, but also the carriers, also the association. The guy loves it. So I hate to plug him too hard. I love the guy, but his head's going to explode after this, Mike. He, he has more energy than I do. And I consider myself a high energy guy. So Right? Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to have to wrap up or you and I could probably – talk for a long time. It's dangerous. That's right. It's very dangerous. There's so many other topics I want to discuss. Oh, what the hell? I'm going to, I own this podcast. I'm going to do one more, um, one more topic before I finally, uh, close up. So people that realize, you know, we just hit the big date recently that nationwide agents have been captive for so many years, just went independent. Um, so it's a two-part question. Number one, um, has PA had much involvement in that? And what have we done on that? And on the second part of that is, do you feel like that is a trend of other captives to come? That I, I, I love these questions. Uh, we have been working with Nationwide. Uh, nationwide agents um, actually had their own association. There's a couple of them. And the biggest one out there was called uh, Nationwide Insurance Independent Contractors Association, NICA. And uh, NICA, uh, we began working with, uh, you know, a year or two ago. And as they, as you know, those nationwide agents transitioned to the IA channel, that their association was dissolving essentially. So they have become members of PIA. So we have uh, really 
grown pretty significantly in terms of nationwide agents recently. And it's been a great opportunity for us to work with those groups of agents who really need need some assistance uh, transitioning to the independent agent channel. So the short answer is yes, we've been working with nationwide. We're going to continue to work with them um, and their agents that are transitioning over to the independent agent channel. And I think the second part of your question is, is, is this a trend? Well, yeah, you mentioned Nationwide. Well, just recently, Allstate, it came out that they're uh, will be pursuing a, the purchase and of National General. And let me tell you, he, if these moves are not indications for the strength and the future of the independent agent channel, I don't know what is. So, yes, I think we're going to see more and more of this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, obviously, um, that's, you know, who signs my paycheck. Um, and so I, I love to see them diving in even further into the independent channel. And, uh, you know, at one point in time, you know, the professional or the personal lines agent should say, we, we took a back seat to the captives for a long, long time. And, you know, on the flip side, the commercial side, you know, we kind of dominated that space from an independent channel. But I feel like that personal lines channel is, is ramping up for the independent agent as more captives are coming over to the independent side and bringing some of that knowledge because, you know, I'll have to admit the direct and the captive agents, they train really, really well. So when that group of agents gets dumped into the independent channel, it can only make us better, correct? I think so, right. I think so. It's more investment in the IA channel. And that's exciting. That's super exciting. So uh, there's so many other things I want to talk about. We may have to do a part two someday. We um, should do it. Uh, either that or, you know, I'll just call you off air and we'll talk. And, uh, maybe we can do that it. too. Either way. Uh, I'm a big fan. So talk to me. I'm going to give you my favorite segment of the, of the show, I guess, if you want to call it that, is I'm going to give you the floor. This is dangerous with you, but I'm going to give you the floor to talk about whatever you want to this last couple of minutes. If you've got some advice, if you've got uh, a soapbox you want to stand on, if you've got anything you want to say to my audience of listeners um, from all across the country, um, just take that time right now. And let's hear from the heart of Mike Becker. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to maybe mention two things here. One is uh, I am incredibly optim, you know, optimistic about the future uh, for independent agents. We, and if you've listened this far, I hope you understand why I am of all the opportunities in front of us. An opportunity is, you know, doesn't necessarily come easily or without hard work, uh, but change is a burden of many and it's uh, the, the uncertainty of the future sometimes. And some of your listeners may have heard me say this before, uh, but the, the fear of the unknown and the, the need to change and really grab the bull by the horns and move forward is, is nothing new, but it's been a really a, a topic of conversation the past couple of years, like a focus of these conversations. And there's this old uh, gentleman, he's passed away. It's, his name's Dr. Deming. He was a, um, an American engineer, um, statistician. He was kind of a math whiz, um, became an author and a lecturer and all. And, but he's got this quote and I love this quote and I reference it all the time. Uh, it's survival is optional. No one has to change. And it's true. Uh, it, it, it speaks to me to the, to the need to, uh, move forward, to evolve, to keep up with those around you and to challenge yourself. But the, the thing that not only is that meaningful to me, the thing that's interesting to me is that he died in 1993. So for all those in this industry that you know have been focused on change and what does it mean and what's the unknown? Am I doing it right? Do I have the right tools and technology? Uh, he died 27 years ago. This is, this is nothing new. You might be doing it without even realizing it. But it speaks to, um, you know, the importance to, to move forward 
and to change and to meet those needs of, of, of your customers. And the second part of that is we as an organization want to help you succeed. We want to help you move forward. We want to help you evolve. We want to give you the tools and the resources, the education, the backbone to meet the expectation, exceed the expectation of your customers. And whether it's fighting for you in Washington, providing the education and, and partnering with groups like Ames and CPIA uh, to give you the education, to put out hiring resources to make sure that you have the right uh, team in place. Uh, we have all these resources. And, and as we mentioned on the front, of the front end of this podcast, we'll give you up to $500 to use them, which in many cases might just cover your dues. So we really believe you know, not only from PIs, you know, uh, looking in the mirror perception of the need to change and, and, and help our independent agents. We really believe in, in independent agents evolving and moving forward and adopting technology and, and working in the digital marketplace. And we believe that we have the tools to help you succeed. And, uh, and, and like I said, gosh, we're just about paying you to use them, uh, which is how much we believe and how much our carrier partners believe that they're funding these, these programs. So I would hope, um, you know, if you're a PIA member, I hope you are. I, I hope that you take a minute to, to understand uh, maybe what you aren't taking advantage of. And if you aren't um, a PIA member, you know, call Stacy up if you're in Arkansas. You can reach out to me if you're in any other state and I'll put you in touch with the right person, if not myself. Uh, so we can tell you what are the available tools and resources that we have as an organization to help you succeed, because that is what gets me and the entire PIA team at a state and national level out of bed every day is ensuring that we're doing our part to make you more successful. And it's not any more complicated than that. This ain't your daddy's PA. Nor should it be. It's yours. <laughs> I love it. Got, I really appreciate you coming on, Mike. I had a great time. Long time waiting, long time coming, but I'm glad you came on with me. I love the PA. I love what you're doing. Um, it's been an incredible talk for the last hour. I appreciate it. Thank you for well, coming I appreciate on with it too. me. You can anytime. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. Uh, I, I enjoy your energy too. You talk about being high energy, man. I, I love it. So thank you for what you do and putting this podcast together. It's been fun. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for everything. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. You got it. We'll talk. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, brother. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and Mike Becker today. What a great time we had. I really enjoyed the conversation, and I hope that the conversation brought value to your day today. That is my goal with each one of these podcasts, to help you become a better insurance professional. And uh, I had a great time. I really hope you had a good time. I really hope that you continue to listen, continue to download, continue to do all the things that you're doing, because you guys are amazing here at Insurance Town. Uh, feel free to email me anytime, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Calm. I look forward to reading those emails. I look forward to getting the text messages. It, it really brightens up my entire week. I got to tell you, this podcast, as I tell you every week, I, I just I, I got to tell you again because I'm so proud of the work they do. This podcast is recorded, edited, produced by Ready Set Podcast. They do such a good job. If you have any ideas for a podcast, doesn't matter what it is. I had a guy call me the other day and said, man, I got a great idea for a podcast about wrestling. I said, you got to call my man Ryan over there. And so be on the lookout for that. Um, it is, uh, the website is readysetpodcast.xyz, or you could find him on Facebook or Instagram. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. 
I really appreciate you listening. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye.